collective group. Guild. 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 <laughs> it's <laughs> the guild. <laughs> you have to say it that way too. You can't just okay. say guild. It's guild. Guild. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a Minnesota fly fishing artists. And that's it. Okay. The so, guild is our own. Yeah. It's our own goofy way of talking about it. Okay. Charlie had come up with and tortured. <laughs> he literally said, it's like, he's a, we could be like a, a guild. I was like, a guild? <laughs> what, is that? what is that? man? What is that? <laughs> you know, like a guild. Okay. You said guild. Now we're the guild. The guild. The guild. The guild. Yeah. All right. Um, <laughs> officially Minnesota fly fishing artist, which was a working title. Mm-hmm. Until we came up with something better, and that was what two years ago, three years ago. I think that's three years now. Yeah, and or we, a little over. I so suppose. I think that's just kind of what it is. Okay. Yeah. All right. And do, do you guys do any other events or anything like that, or is it primarily promote your stuff, social media, and then you guys do the Great Waters Expo, right? We, do the great, a, we started out there. like getting getting going on the Great Waters. Like, uh, well, it's kind of started out. I, you know, I've been doing uh, fly fishing related art and fishing related art for. Oh man, how long? Uh, 15 years, maybe now. I'm not sure. Um, and everybody's like, hey, you got to check out this this guy, Jake Keeler, check out his work. You know, and so then eventually I checked out his work and then found out my wife, uh, went to school with Jake. Mm-hmm. And But anyways, uh, so then I reached out to the guys and was like, hey, heard about you guys. Your stuff is awesome. Do you want to do something? And then I think that's how it kind of started, isn't it? Yeah, something like that, Jake? You reached out to everybody and kind of gathered everyone around um, kind of had the vision of, of getting us together and like pooling resources and, you know, having strength in numbers, so to speak. And then it was sort of, Ted started this on the tail of, uh, a great water expo where Bob white, um, had invited some of, some of us to just kind of hang oh, out yeah. in his booth, like just come on down guys, hang out, you know, bring some artwork. If you want to work on a piece, and I think he invited me, you, and Josh. Yeah. And so we kind of had taken turns in Bob's booth with yeah. him, just hanging out and talking to people at the expo. And so really, I mean, <laughs> in some ways we could probably give credit to Bob White yeah. <laughs> to create our group. Is he like the honorary godfather? He yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. We, we, call it, yeah. we actually yeah. call him the godfather. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we were, it was funny. And so what we realized is, is, you know, the next year we said, you know, we should actually have a booth for ourselves and yeah. you know, how would we do this? And, uh, initially we talked about, well, we want to do this thing with Bob because he kind of, he actually kind of helped introduce us, you know, face to face. Um, and he kind of got this, this thing going. And you can't make art about fishing in Minnesota and not like cross paths, cross, yeah. uh, cross paths or get to know and have people talk about Bob White. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. True. Exactly. And and then it, we, we, so we really aimed it as like, okay, we're going to form this group and we're just going to focus on trying to do something for the next expo. Right. Yep. That seems like a good target. It's something to do. We can rally around it. And, and what year we, was this roughly? Uh, it would have been three. 2016, I want to say. Yeah, yeah. 2016. And I'd done a couple of expos before <clears throat> that on my own. I think I did two or three expos on my own as an individual artist. And we had also done something with Bob. Uh, oh yeah, Josh. I, uh, at the at my studio at yeah. the, at Indeed Brewing uh, uh, over uh, in Trout on Tap, Trout on Tap, on tap yeah. event that uh, Philip Clark had put together. So we'd yeah, so we'd kind of like started hanging out and seeing each other, and then we thought, you know, we should probably formalize this, right? Yeah. 
And then we, you know, we were like, oh, so Bob should be there. And then Bob was like, no, you know, I'm just going to keep doing my own booth. Right. Do my own thing. You guys do your thing. That's cool. You have my blessing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, and yeah, then, then we did the expo. We've been doing that now for the last, we've done that three years now. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're going to be doing it again next year. So yeah, that'll be year four. And then we've just uh, really uh, credit to Ted. He got us thinking, you know, outside of the expo and some other activities and showing yeah. at other places. So we're going to be showing at uh, the, well, the big one is we got a, a, a group show. It's and it's, by group. It's us. It's the Minnesota fly fishing artists. It's not part of a larger group. It's mm-hmm. us doing a show at the FIP center in uh, Hudson, Wisconsin uh, in February started opening at least in February, 2021. So they booked their stuff out a long time yeah. in advance. So we, oh, wow. yeah. So we had put together a proposal, write up a big thing, sent a bunch of pictures in was, and we were accepted. So we're going to be exhibiting, uh, uh, I guess it's not a solo, they call it a group show, but it's not like a, some group art shows. It's like, Hey, it's a jury show or right. You know, a bunch of artists. It's like, we picked the artists it's us for, and we're doing it on a theme of release. Okay. So like with fishing, there's obviously, you can do a lot with that, but also just, you know, this, we kind of are kind of spreading that idea out. Like the idea of release, when you go fishing, you can kind of release your, uh, whatever stress you got in your life. You can just let that go, go fishing, mm-hmm. get rid of it. Uh, you can kind of release can be like, maybe you're surrendering to the moment, you know, just letting it go not worrying about, Hey, the fish aren't biting. So maybe I need to stop with this fly and switch it up and mm-hmm. let it go. And I don't know. We, we'll see where it goes. We got, we got a, a good chunk of time to make a body, a new work. Yeah. All of us kind of, explore this idea however that comes out so that's a big one that's the big show and then uh, as part of the FIPS um, uh, as part of that uh, proposal we were also accepted into two uh, shows Healing Arts it's called Healing okay. Arts th- through the FIPS and basically that's uh, uh, exhibitions at uh, hospitals Okay. in, in Hudson because if you're stuck in a hospital you want to look at some beautiful art, you know, absolutely have, have nice stuff. And actually it's interesting. These non-traditional gallery spaces have been really a, a great way to show yeah. work. Uh, breweries uh, I've, I've shown, um, I've had the most success and, and, and really enjoyed the experience the most showing at breweries. Okay. Yeah. Not necessarily showing in galleries, even though I've done that, that scene a little bit, but showing in these other spaces and never done a hospital. So that'll be new. Yeah. And exactly. then this summer, actually the one this summer sounds exciting. So, yeah. So the one this summer is down in Lanesboro at the Lanesboro out. Oh, awesome. Um, awesome. And, uh, I'm going to forget his name. The guy that owns root river rod company shop down there. Yeah. I'm, I'm he apparently put in well. a word for us. He did. He, he's <laughs> been, he's been campaigning to get us down there for a couple of years actually. And he That's knows, good. he knows them over there and, you right. know, and he wanted it to be, you know, during the summer so that yeah. we could come down, stay for a few days, fish on the river, you know, make an event yeah. out of it. Absolutely. Know, opening. So super stoked about that one. Um, that'll be all four of us and, and coming up. So, so right now that, you know, it's kind of funny cause like we just sent an email around we're like, Oh shit, we've got like shows four shows. Coming. We got like, <laughs> we have to like make work. Like we have to like think about this. Like, and, and I started thinking like, and I can't just use the same set of pieces. I actually have to make bodies of work for shows again. And it's probably been, you know, other than the expo, which we've done now three years and it'll be the fourth year. I haven't had any kind of formal commitments in terms of showing my work. Okay. For man, like 10 years. And that's going to change your mindset a little oh, bit. How absolutely. you walk into that. Well, you've been cranking stuff yeah. out lately. I've been following you on Instagram and you've been really like, it seems like you've been, 
really produced. I know. I feel awesome like I, awesome <laughs> we have some stuff. shows, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I feel like I have, and I feel like I've been working in my kitchen, but <laughs> that's important work too, Ted. You can uh, show that you can show I, pictures of that. I don't think that'll fly, but you know, I, I think I, that's, I, maybe that's within the, the idea of release. Right. I'm you just, know, when you, you know, can't just, fly fish, you can remodel. Thank you. That's yeah. cool too, thank right? you for inviting me to this fly fishing show, but uh, yeah, I'm just going to let it all go, man. I'm just going <laughs> to. Just, that just show photos of your your remodeled kitchen. Wait, what the hell is this? Paint, paint, paint yeah, exactly. The, paint the kitchen. Yeah, or yeah, paint the kitchen. I already did that. That's done. Put a happy little tree. Yeah. <laughs> happy little pot here, happy little pot there. Yeah. Tape a banana to the wall, you're good. Well, actually, I have had a couple of exhibitions uh in the last couple of years, which some of that work I'll probably carry over. So uh there's a I had a show. I was an artist in resident last uh there's two artists in residence resident. Two resident artists. Yeah, yeah. that sounds, that sounds that right. works. That <laughs> works. That works for this podcast. For <laughs> yeah, week. yeah, it's, it's official enough. Uh, I was in the Bob Marshall Wilderness last summer. Oh, uh, awesome! So my wife and I, uh, in two thousand, I want to say sixteen, we through hiked the Bob, and then I put together a proposal, was accepted, and got to do the artist in residency there in the Bob last summer. Um, two thousand eighteen, I did um, two weeks at a ranger cabin on the Flathead River and fished every day and caught just obscene amounts of fish. It was. Incredible. It was absolutely incredible. Um, and made a bunch of art, uh, over the course of the past year and then showed it back in uh, Montana. And so I got a, I got a good chunk of work that's sitting there. I just haven't produced a lot in the last, let's say four or five months. So that's all right. You got a solid three months of winter to, I know. And then the kitchen's almost done. Yeah. <laughs> so then it's just fishing and painting all the rest of the uh, rest of winter. Exactly. Summer. Yeah. I'm going to jump back real quick to the Lanesboro show. Do you know yeah. the dates that that's happening this summer? Uh, it is, shoot. June 13th? I want to June say. 13th, yeah, okay. is the start. And I would imagine that uh, I think it runs through August. And, and typically, I don't know what they're planning on in terms of an uh, opening or a closing reception or something in between. Okay. So that hasn't been really determined yet. And is that kind of information? People can find that. You guys have a Facebook page, you know, an Instagram page. We have a Facebook page, which we don't update as much as we should. Um, you'll start uh, seeing stuff now though, as we get ready for the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we will be promoting it. And also you can, uh, they'll have it up on, uh, Lanesboro arts. So they're going to have, okay. I mean, they'll be well, back there. to your question, Grant, about that mentality about making work for say an exhibition or a show is, is I, I think it, it's, it's a very different approach to uh, creating a body of work or creating art in general versus say uh, let's just say that you're a professional artist or you're making art on the side and you're producing work for, for to sell. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's different now because the dynamic is that if you want to sell your work, you can do that through your own means via social media, your website, right. mail order, you don't necessarily need to go through a gallery system yeah. or actually show it physically. You know, you can do reproductions and on just about anything you want. You know, yep. we just talked to a guy, Lucas Guzenkamp, uh, who's talking about doing some stuff on skateboards and you know, the, the possibilities are endless. Right. So you're, you're always kind of in this almost like, I would say, at least for me, you're in this almost production mode where you're thinking like I'm making work and then how would I turn this into a commodity or how would I actually sell this? Yeah. Whereas like when you're showing at like the Phipps or Lanesboro, you're not, you probably are le thinking less about, I'm going to sell this work. You're thinking about, I want to make the very best art I can make Yeah, yeah. and put it on display. And it's going to be up for like three months mm -hmm. for patrons who, you know, at the opening and, 
you know, at the events are probably going to be my contemporaries, like fly fishing people, yep. you know, people that are familiar with my work and they're going to dig it. But all that other time, it's going to be, it could be random people, people that don't know who I am, people that are not into fly fishing. They could just be in Lanesboro for a weekend at a bread and breakfast and they came by and oh, walked yeah. in, right? So it's a different mentality, right? I started thinking like, okay, if I'm putting, I'm trying to put my best foot forward and I'm trying to show people what I can do and I want to make the best work possible. It's, it is a different mentality. Mm-hmm. Like now I'm in this definitely like, I only want to make like the very best work that I can make. I don't want to make like any secondary tertiary work that, Oh, you know, that would be kind of a cool sticker. Or I could turn that into a print or I could sell that for a hundred bucks. Like, fuck that. I have this, like yeah. I put up this, you know, picture as like bangers only, you know, like <laughs> yeah. it's gotta be like, it's, it's gotta be super fucking good. And it, in that new body, Ted, there's two pieces that I started that, you know, I was marching along and I was just like, these are not going to turn out. They're just not going to work. You know, I'd put hours and hours mm. and hours into them. I was like, yeah, they're just, this isn't going to work. I just got to turn these around and they're done. Where do the fallen soldiers go? <laughs> I typically turn them around, face them to the wall. <laughs> you know, shame, you know, because like, I don't want to look at them. Go to the penalty I, box, feel shame. It's funny because there's a, there's a, there's a process to that. They, 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 they stay in my studio for a while as I kind of think about it and maybe something changes and I turn it around I look at it and say, you know what, actually, maybe I could do this. And then at some point when they've been sitting there for a certain amount of time, then they move on to the, like the garage or some storage area mm-hmm. and eventually to the trash, you know, <laughs> or, or, or Jesso, Jesso, yeah. Jesso over it. And you're just like, all right, we're starting fresh. I've done that in a few of them. I've just like covered them up. And I said, okay. you know, someday maybe I'll make a painting on this or someday maybe I'll, maybe my son will do something with this or I'll use it for a craft project or something. But like, yeah, there's, there is definitely a process. Like some stuff is so bad that I'm just like, fuck that. I crumple it up, throw it away. It's just, yeah. I don't want to see th- this. I throw it away. I think that's part of an artist is you generally think that 99% of the stuff that you make is crap. Yeah. You know, but everybody else is like, oh, that's awesome. And, but you're like, no, this is just stupid. I, I can do better than that. You're facing the wall and then you're out <laughs> and, to the garage, but you know, yeah. in all reality, it's probably not that bad. And that's it, a really hard thing yeah. to, to balance. I, first of all, I, I would say Jake nailed it on as far as like your approach when you're doing stuff for a, a show versus like, for example, you know, this, I'm gonna have a brook trout sticker here and it's like brook trout stickers are everywhere. I painted this, uh, and it was awesome. Really enjoyed painting the picture. Uh, was it, you know, the deepest, you know, like expression of my soul and what I'm really, who I really am. No, it's an awesome painting of a fish and I really had fun painting it, but it's not like, I'm not trying to say anything beyond like, look at these beautiful colors of this fish. I love yeah. it. Isn't this awesome? Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, like com- commodity, I have painted fish where I'm like, this is, gonna, this is, I'm painting this so I can make it into a sticker. Yep. There's nothing wrong with that. It's great. Nope. You know, I got to pay bills. Uh, and I really enjoy doing it. I'm proud of the work and I wouldn't make it into a sticker if I didn't think it was cool, you know? Right. But right. when you're doing it for a show, it allows you to be, to take that equation out of it. Yep. And I'd like to say that some people, you know, that might be shocking, like, don't you always paint just your deepest, darkest, you know, like <laughs> yeah, right. the innermost part of your soul. It's like, yeah, sometimes, but man, not all the time. Sometimes I'm like, I want to create something that's just cool that I really like and that I think other people will like and will probably sell so I can pay some bills. So and you then, can redo your kitchen. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And I, and I, and I, and everybody's purchased my art. I mean, I, I, I really appreciate that. You know, that's, that's amazing. And sometimes with my old shitty artwork, 
Sometimes I just throw it away. Sometimes I get rid of it. Sometimes I discount the crap out of it. And I'm kind of like, it's a balance. It's like, do I want yeah. my shitty work out there? Yeah. Representing yeah, yeah, me? yeah. Or because like you said, sometimes somebody's like, oh, that's awesome. They, mm-hmm. they might really enjoy it. Even if I think it sucks and I'll, you know, and I'll uh, just to close out. I was like, Hey, if anybody wants this, I'll throw it out. If anybody wants to take it. Mm-hmm. And that person who gets it just, you know, happy. They love it. And I'm like, I'm glad you love it. Cause I don't, but it is, <laughs> it is. It, it's just like, it's so funny. I, I've, I've run into that so many times where I've done exhibitions and, and the work that I thought was the weakest turned out to have the, the, uh, the strongest, uh, sort of like viewer or, or crowd appeal, mm-hmm. right? Like yeah, they, they yeah. gravitated towards something that I thought, really that, so it, it, which is good. I think yeah. that's always good as any kind of creator to say, wow, this, uh, you know, this, this question makes me question my, my perception on this and why is that? But it's funny, Matt, I, I keep thinking about, I always think of that, that dichotomy between like, this would make a great illustration. This would be like, people are really going to love this mm-hmm. with the work that I make that I, that I have, like I put a lot of like time and energy and like feelings into, into like fly tying. Like I, I can tie a bunch of flies that I know are going to catch fish. Mm-hmm. Just like, this is simple. It's just like, I just got done. Like I went on a clouser bender this weekend and it was like, I did ditto. You know, and I was just like, you know what? Fuck it. These things catch fish. I was like, I'm just going to tie the a worse, whole box. The worse a clouser looks, the better it fishes. Yeah. I mean, if you have like four strands of bucktail, that's yeah. really all you need. <laughs> exactly. And some, and some big lead eyes and you're totally. good to go. Exactly. Exactly. But like when you tie it and it's so simple, you just kind of feel like, I didn't really, you know, the artistry of it is kind of like not there. So like, oh man, it's kind of it's ugly looking fly. Mm-hmm thing is it's going to catch fish. Yeah. Right. But then you can tie a fly that's like super complicated, maybe some obscure materials. And you look at it like, man, this is amazing. And then you fish it. It doesn't catch shit. Yeah. And, but you made it and it's, you know, so it's, it's funny you said that because as I was scrolling through the gram today, I thought, you know, there's a lot of really nice, pretty flies mm-hmm. on the, on the Instagram. But I can guarantee this thing's not going to catch shit. Yeah, exactly. You know? exactly. It's like you've got 45 wraps of hackle on this emerger <laughs> blueing olive that's like a size 14. <laughs> and I'm sorry, it's not going to it's not going to imitate an emerging betas. Yeah. I can tell you that much. So, yeah. I mean, I kind of try to balance my flies between, you know, really good looking flies, like the more realistic, <laughs> more fancy Hollywood flies. And, you know, guide flies that are going to go out and catch fish. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's, I, I, I'm a terrible uh, tire because I get, uh, restless, you know, like the idea of sitting down and tying 12 flies, you know, just like, Hey, I'm going to do this pattern 12 times in a row. I'll do like two and then switch. And of course that means my tying table is just a disaster. Instead of having like a few ingredients, I have everything to spread out. Cause I've tried, like I'm going to do two clouser minnows and then I do, uh, you know, a couple midges and then I'm, cause I'm a terrible, I'm first of all, I am a bad tire. Like, <laughs> like yeah, zebra midge. I got it. Yeah. That looks great. Um, uh, like elk or caddis for me every time I'm like, I kind of got that, it, but they catch fish and they are yeah. so ugly. They're the ugliest flies. So I, I'm, I'm a bad tire, but I'm too creative with it. I think there's a, there's a, there's a thing where I'm like, I want to, I want to try something. Yeah, else. There's, there, there's but, something to, to, at least for me, like once I find a formula, I really try to just like 
discipline myself to stick yep. to it. Cause as an artist, <laughs> I want to like switch it up and do mm-hmm. something different with it. I'm like, there's no need. Like, it's just this, this, and this, like, just put it together and it's going to work. I mean, that's where I've been the last two months, forcing myself to tie a pheasant tail, unweighted pheasant tail nymphs and just working on proportions and repeating the process over and over yeah. and over again to the point where I think finally I might be able to tie one without looking back at that YouTube video one last time to make sure I'm not <laughs> messing it up. Yeah. Could you tie two that looked the same? I did finally. Yeah. Okay. Last time I sat down and tied two of them. Took four to get there, but uh, finally tied two that I looked, looked the I same. Four, two looked. Well, I got four in, and then the next two looked gotcha. the same. So we're we're finally getting there. Is there I, is there a proportion of like beers consumed, and then like <laughs> beer, beers, there's like a peak, there's like a sweet yeah. spot where they start to look like the same, and then they start to drop off again. Beers. Beers is usually okay. It's, it's when the whiskey comes out that yeah, they, yeah. Go, they go down so <laughs> fast. That's sloppy. when you tie the, the, the guide flies. Yeah. <laughs> they just stop tying. Well, they catch, you know, I think a lot of those flies that we that are like, oh, that's a terrible looking fly. It still catches fish. Like some of the worst flies out mm-hmm. there that I, I tie, especially, they still catch fish. Last year, yeah, it was last year. I gave myself a challenge to only fish. Uh, with flies I tied myself and as an amateur, I'm like in the presence of greatness here, but I'm a total amateur. It was really super rewarding to be like, Oh yeah. 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 I, I, it's not like, oh, of course that caught a fly. I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's a dumb fish. I, <laughs> that's yeah, I really mean, dumb you, fish. You got to remember like fish eat sticks every day. You know, a little <laughs> stick comes floating down the river and they're like, Oh, that might be food. Nope. It's a stick. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, or they'll eat an indicator or I'm sorry, a bobber. Um, yeah. they'll do that a lot of the time. So you're yeah. like, why are you, why that's just a piece of foam set up yeah. there. What are you doing with that? But that's hilarious. Cause they don't have fingers. They're like, oh, what's good yeah. that is. no yeah. fingers, no thumbs. Yeah. They just got to deal with what comes in front of their face, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. If you ever see, there's some videos out there where they show fish feeding and you can see like how fast they'll like mouth something and spit it out. And you know, it's, it's crazy how, how fast they are. Hmm. It, awesome. it it makes you realize you miss a lot of fish. Yeah. When, when oh, you see how fast, yeah. when you see how fast they can put something in their mouth, oh, realize dude. it's not food and spit it out. I always, I like, I always have this like fantasy of being like, I guess this wouldn't work with fish necessarily, but like either a being like the predator and I have heat vision and I can always see where <laughs> everything is. I, I thought of this more when I used to hunt a lot more. You're like, Oh, I can fucking see that deer coming like from a while away. But like, if I could like, if like, as you were fishing, like all of a sudden all the water disappeared, but everything in it would stay mm-hmm. and you could see all the structure and you could see all the fish and you could see everything moving, you know, they, ha- they have these glasses that kind of do that. No. <laughs> have you tried, have you tried polarized lenses yet? It's yeah, amazing. I do, right? <laughs> it only gets you so far, but can you imagine you see how many yeah. fish are actually yeah. like, Oh yeah. Come to inspect your fly or take a swipe at it. Or I think that's why when people fish like super clear water, even though it's technically just so hard you get exactly that yeah i mean that is the that is the rush of sight fishing right yeah is to have that actual experience of like being able to see that the fish's activity and its reaction to your presentation yeah and then to see the take and then to like have it i mean it's just like everything comes together i mean it's i think that's like for you know smallmouth bass that's why top water is like unbeatable yeah. I mean like you're gonna see it's not the most effective all the time but you see it Mm. you know you know when it has it's like it worked mm-hmm. guaranteed, you know, like, and this just can't be beat. Well, Matt and I were watching, there was an Instagram video today of this guy likes to dive rivers and take video of mm. like where these fish are sitting. And he's oh, got these yeah. videos of these monster Browns. 
pretty much just laying on the, like their stomachs are on the gravel underneath the rock, underneath rocks, yeah. just hanging out. And you're like, so that's where they're hanging out, oh, wow. you know, during the day. Like, where are these big fish during the day? I mean, you need dynamite to yeah. get after these kind of things. And yeah, if you ever get the chance to go electro fishing, like with the DNR or, yeah, or something, yeah. Um, I've done it several times and you realize how many fish are actually in the river. I mean, mm. a stretch of river, like the size of this table, you know, it, it can hold 30, 40 fish easy. Wow. Yeah. I mean, if, if it's got a little bit of depth, I mean, like one time we shocked Hay Creek, you know, you just think Hay Creek down by, you know, South of Red Wing. Yeah. Everybody goes there and you might catch a couple little fish and we were pulling out monsters and just buckets of fish, you know, really. There, there's a lot more in the river than you would ever, so ever that, imagine. So that, there you go, folks. If you're fishing Hay Creek and you're getting skunked, you, you suck. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Those are some pretty smart fish on that, that river. They, yeah. They, they, they get hit hard. I really like, yeah, that's a trained. fun one to hit up. I, I, I love going down there in the wintertime. Yeah. That's, that's really pretty. Speaking of which, I, I haven't gone out fishing in so long. I'm looking forward to like next week probably. Dude. I'm going to go hit up uh, Whitewater and then... You know, I love whitewater. I, I, I love catching the stocked rainbows. I'm no, it's, no, it's a, it's a no blast. No shame. Absolute blast catching those fish. They're so pretty too. Like yep. the, the yeah, they really are them. actually. I have never, I've, it's weird. I've painted one, like I do, you know, my, what I call the fish portrait series. Okay. Where it's, you know, like what you see on the decals and I really love doing them. It's kind of my way of exploring, um, you know, it's not posed in a really awesome way. It's just a side view sort of a illustrative uh, approach to the fish. Love doing it. And I've done all this, you know, all kinds of species. I haven't actually done more than one rainbow trout steelhead. That's but yeah. Uh, rainbow trout for me. And, and I, I feel like, you know, one of those stocked rainbows down there, I probably wouldn't make a decal out of it. Cause people are like, why is he making a decal out of a stocked rainbow? But the colors on them down there, cause they get that big spot pattern, yeah. you know, the mm-hmm. big bold spot pattern. And, the, and especially in the wintertime, those colors, they get just, Colored up beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. They get super crimson. And they're, you know, easier to catch if you know, you know, in the wintertime, if you, if you find them, yeah. they're, oh, yeah. they, they're, they, you find them, mm-hmm. you're either catching fish or you're not. And once you find them, you just see, kinda- it's, it's inter- interesting. I, my, my winter jam is, is to head to Monticello and fish for smallies. Mm-hmm. Like, on that spot. Everybody knows the spot. Yeah. Yeah. We've blown, that, we've blown that spot up already. All right. Okay. All right. Yeah. 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 Where, where your legs are like 60 in the air is 10. Wait, did and I give away a secret? But do, do we need to delete that part where I said Whitewater State Park has fish in it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Especially in the wintertime. Guys, hint, there's smallmouth in the Mississippi River. Really? <laughs> no. My dad was just hitting me up tonight. He's like, it's going to be 37 on Saturday. Let's go up there. And I was like, all right. You know, I don't know why, but like my instinct is always warm water. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I, I think warm water just because like I grew up fishing, you know, bass, walleye, pike, carp, whatever, catfish. Yeah. I didn't get into trout until maybe like 13, 14 years ago until I started like uh, fly fishing. You know, okay. we do like trips out to the uh, uh, Lake Michigan and Door County and we would troll for like steelhead and mm-hmm. cohos and kings and stuff. We That's did a good all time. growing up. Yeah. Super fun. But that was like trout and salmon that was big lake in a boat you know i never thought like rivers even though i knew they were in rivers yeah. which is never like that was not a thing so like now anytime like 
in the winter, I just think smallmouth, where can I find smallmouth? Or where is there like open water and maybe there's some carp feeding on a sunny day or something. Wow. When I probably should be heading to south, the Southeast. You know, no, no, no. Minnesota. Stick to your warm water species. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Stick to your smallmouth. You don't have to go down there. There's no, like, yeah, there's, there's no fish. There's, there's, there's down. no fish. There's but no, Ted just said. Nope. nope. <laughs> dang it. Dang it. Never, never seen him down there at all. Yeah. So Jake, did you, did you grow up in Minnesota? I did. So yeah. Your walleye guy to the core from a <laughs> yeah. kid. Yeah. I grew up in St. Cloud. So North of the twin cities a bit. Um, my dad is a lifelong fisherman. Um, so gear fisherman, uh, now he's fly fishing, uh, the past like six years. But, um, yeah, I grew up fishing for walleyes, smallmouth. I mean, everything. I mean, when I was a kid, I can't even remember the earliest time that I started fishing, but it had to be like five or six. And like, that's all I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, it was like, go fishing. I was bugging my dad all the time. Like, let's go on the weekend. And, and, uh, we, we had a boat and we'd get out, but even then, like we kind of lived out in the country outside the town and we'd ride our bikes around and find little creeks and ponds and stuff to like catch soccer minnows and stuff. I was just like yep. obsessed with it, you know? And it's funny you know, you go through all those gear phases and like, especially with walleye, like I got so sick of fishing for walleyes. My dad would be <laughs> I think like super into do. Yeah. yeah. You know, and like go ice fishing on Mille Lacs for walleyes in the winter. Like yeah. now you couldn't, I'd be like, fuck that. Unless it was like a bunch <laughs> of buddies going and renting one of those like heated. sleeper shacks. Yeah. Sleeper yep. shacks. Exactly. Um, but you know, eventually you get back when I got back into, you know, spin fishing a little bit. And then I got into fly fishing. It was like, it was reconnecting with like that, that almost kind of like childlike connection to, to fishing. Finally excited about it again. Yeah. Getting yeah. excited about it again where you're like, you're actually, it's almost like a more of a hunting mentality mm. than it is what I think. Like I, I, I look at the dudes that like guys and gals, I guess that, that like are obsessed with like walleye boats and fishing for walleyes and fishing for numbers. And, and I'm just like, where, where exactly do you find the joy in this? Because at some point it just becomes a formula. Right. There's no, you know, yeah. like what, you know, once you figure it out, it's not like walleyes dramatically change. Yeah. Once you figure out how to catch them, it's actually pretty damn easy. Correct. Yeah. And, and, that, and that, rock pile, much. that rock pile in that lake isn't going anywhere. It's exactly. always going to hold, exactly. it's yeah. always going to hold walleyes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't claim to be a walleye expert, but did plenty of it growing up in Northern Wisconsin. It's yeah. like, Oh, the water temps this, it's this time of year. We go fish this shoreline and you're throwing the exact same setups and you're going to pull in at least three walls, walleyes a night. Yeah. It's just the same repetitive mm -hmm. motion over and over again, but they do taste pretty damn good. They oh, do. Man. They so, do. so I do, I do get that. I, mean, part I, I, yeah, I, I do get that part. I sure. really enjoy catching walleye on a fly. Like it's always like such a fun thing when you're like, Oh, Hey, look, walleye. You know, instantly you're like, Oh, it's a wet sock. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it tugged a little bit. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I grew up uh, fishing uh, rivers rather than lakes. I grew up in Montana, yeah, western Montana. Right. So I grew up on the Beaverhead River, Okay, uh, which flew, uh, it ran right through the my uncle's property. And so it was uh, the old homestead and we had a section of it. And my uncle had a section of it and uh, my uncle had the bigger section and that's where the river was. So I would just walk down to the river and fish and my fishing obsession never waned. It's to the point where it's like. Right now I'm going a little nuts because I haven't been out there in a few months and that's yeah. probably the longest I haven't gone without fishing in a decade at least. So it's like, uh, for me, when I moved to Minnesota, somebody had to teach me how to 
catch panfish. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I didn't, I didn't know how to, I, I only knew how to fish for trout. I had no idea how to fish for any other species. And so for me, every new species that I've learned to fish for, it's been kind of like, oh, this is amazing. So this last, well, actually, Jake, you're, you're a, a big uh, influencer on the carp scene. Yeah. So uh, Jake uh, brought me out and, and taught me a f- few things about carp. And uh, so this last, uh, especially the summer before this one, but even last summer, got really into carp fishing just chasing these, mon- like once you hook into a carp on a fly rod, yeah, especially cause you can fish for them right here in the, uh, another secret. Okay, folks, there are, <laughs> yeah. there are carp in the, in the Mississippi river. <laughs> oh man. In Minneapolis and St. Paul. There you go. There's your secret. But I'm going to forward like, all the hate mail to you that we're about to yeah, do. Yeah, boy, I'm sorry. I'm giving it all up. But catching, you know, any new species and, and, for, and now it's, it's the sort of, uh, uh, ugly fish, if you, for lack of a better word. Every time yeah. I catch, I'm like, oh, cool. You know, it's, it's so I started out with cutthroat trout, you know, pristine, beautiful, you know, mountain scene in the background or brown trout catching them out of the, the Beaverhead River. And, you know, mm-hmm. and now I'm like, I've digressed down to like <laughs> carp. Carp fishing. <laughs> yeah. It's it's funny because like, uh, and it's it's almost like a, there's a conflict internally for me to know that the carps, it's not native. It does damage, you know, certain ecosystems, right. certain waterways, but man, they are fun to catch and they are, they are, you know, wily, uh, prey, you know, they can be super fussy. You can have a pod of 20 fish. They look like they're feeding every fly you're throwing to them. They're just totally rejecting, you know, they might mouth it and throw it out and you're like, what the fuck? You know, like, <laughs> I catch these things on like hot dogs, you know, like, yeah. why? <laughs> how can this be so difficult? Uh, it, it, they, they remind me a lot of like turkeys. Like you see turkeys all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Except for when you're hunting turkey. Except when yeah. you're hunting turkeys. I, I always say turkeys are the dumbest bird in the world. 51 weeks out of the year. Exactly. That one week that you're hunting for and they're the smartest thing on the planet. <laughs> Somebody said something about turkeys is like, well, the problem with them is they've got nowhere to be. And all day to get there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. So they're just like, what the fuck are they doing? You know, like they're standing yeah. along the highway. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing when you can dial into some of these like neglected, I suppose, fish species, mm-hmm. you know, and then, you know, around here, especially in the twin cities, you have access to just about anything, you know, there's not, from a warm water perspective, I can't think of a fish in, other than like a burbot or, or some things that might be a little further north, you know, that aren't here in the Twin Cities. Yep. Well, I would say like- You can uh, find just about everything. You know, I miss I miss the mountains like crazy. I miss catching a small brown, you know, is going to be a 14, 15 inch. Yeah, right. <laughs> right. You know, when you're out in Montana, it's just a different game. But here, the, the thing I like about right here- and the, this, I think the special thing about right here is I can fish for almost every North American sport fish which within about two and a half hours yeah. of my house. Yeah. So I, I granted, I'm not going to get Arctic char and some of those kind of things, but you know, most of the warm water and most of the, uh, with the, the stocking program and mm-hmm. great lakes, you know, you can get just a vast array of excellent. Yeah, fishing. That's a really right good here. point. I yeah. mean, go chase gar if you want to. I've never chased gar on a fly rod. Anybody done that? I have. No, I've, I've heard of it. I have. I've hooked, I've caught two. I've hooked a few more to the, I got a spot in the twin cities. Actually, we've been there before. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So we <laughs> say it out loud for everyone. These guys aren't going to blow that one up, are you? John Sherlock would kill me if I if I gave that out. Um, but uh, yeah, I did it on the Wisconsin River, and they're just like everywhere. The super froggy water. I know down in the, on the Mississippi, uh, kind of in the well, you can you know if you launch from Red Wing or Winona, yeah. Any time, like in August, when it gets like super warm, all that water that's like super froggy and all the backwater, that's where they tend to congregate because they have a, just an air bladder. I don't know what it is, but they can breathe air. They can breathe air. So they'll come up. It's on that low oxygen water. They can kind of exist in there. And that's where they're kind of hang out, hang out. And so the flies that we were throwing for them, it's just no hook. Yeah, it's like a hunk of rope or something. Yes, it's like they got like tangled yeah, up in their yeah, teeth, yeah, right? It gets tangled up in their teeth, and then you have to cut them out because, like, that's crazy. Their mouth, you know, it's like I don't know, half an inch thick, right? So if they, even if you hook them, and it's all bone, yeah, it's cartilage. like a real skinny so comb. Like, yeah, exactly. So it's super hard to set a hook, but if you get it in this nylon rope, you could you can tie them up. But I bet I could tie that fly. Yeah, <laughs> Dude, exclusively gar flies. <laughs> it's just a piece of rope on it on a hook, and that's that's it. I, that is we talk what nachos, is. man. Be like, dude, yeah, you're I don't even think you, yeah, yeah. I don't even think you need a hook. You don't hook them. You just oh, that's right. You no, you don't hook them. It's just, it just it gets caught up in their mouth, like nylon yeah. rope, like the camp rope. You know? Yeah, yeah, just nylon rope. You just just like a six inch section. Well, then I could definitely tie that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't even have to worry about a hook. Yeah. Wow. Well, I know. I think the St. Paul fly tires even did like a full guard trip. I was talking to brother Joel, um, last week. I think they did a full trip like last summer. Somebody was talking to, but yeah, they hooked into plenty of them. So there are some people out there targeting them and it's definitely on my list of one of those items I'd like to go and catch. Cool fish, man. I mean, they're super prehistoric. They're gnarly looking. Yeah. You know, they're, they're specialized. So, I mean, you do have to go find them and, you know, certain places and they can get big, yeah. get really big. So. Well, it's fun to go and fish those spots where you're not going to find a bunch of walleye fishermen hanging out there. You know, <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's going to exactly. be, uh, it's probably going to be you and your buddy and everybody else looking at you like, what are you doing up in there? Yeah. Well, so. and the other, when you carry a fly rod to a lot of these places, people are like, you know, there's no trout in there. Right. <laughs> and I get that all the time. You know? yeah. it's, it's especially like there's trout in there. Yeah. <laughs> I get that on Minnehaha Creek every, almost mm-hmm. like every other time I go down there. Are you fishing for trout? Are there trout in here? Like, no, just no, sturgeon. Dude. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm like, clearly there's no trout in here. Yeah. There's actually trout in there. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably really big, big trout in there. So I got a question now to kind of circle back to art. So Jake, I'll start with you. What, you know, do you remember the first time that your passions kind of crossed between art and, mm-hmm. and fishing? You know, do you remember that first time you attempted or yeah. you know, how did that process kind of go? And Yeah, I absolutely remember it. It's, it's, it's pretty distinct actually. Uh, this would have been probably eight or nine years ago. Um, I had never drawn or painted a fish in any way, shape or form. I don't think it ever had showed up in, in any of the work that I've ever done. Um, never really, it, I had, I had never really even thought of doing it, you know, it never even crossed my mind. Um, and a buddy of mine, uh, was working for Allen fly fishing 
And we knew each other through the beer industry. And he had known about some of my work I'd done for this uh, doom metal band out of San Francisco, like an album cover and stuff, stuff I'd done, like totally unrelated to fly fishing. Right. He's like, man, I love your style. Like, dude, would you ever do like use that style, but do it for trout? Yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, I guess I could. Yeah. I'm a fisherman, you know? And right. So yeah, I could, I could dig on that. So they commissioned me, they hire me to do these illustrations for, you know, some t-shirts and for some like uh, graphics they were going to use for reels and stuff like that on the boxes and whatnot. And so I did a rainbow trout. That was the one time I did a rainbow <laughs> trout. Um, and it, it, it turned out pretty good. It turned out really well. They were super stoked about it. They used it and they used it on their real graphics and then turned it into a t-shirt and, um, it took off. Like people were like, Oh dude, this is dope. You know? And then I started getting inquiries from other people and I really enjoyed the process. Like I really enjoyed studying the form and actually drawing it and painting it and looking at the colors. And it just, all of a sudden I was like, Oh my God. And it just clicked. You know, yeah. it's just like that. It just like a light bulb went off and I was like, this is what I should be doing. I should just be focusing on fish. Mm-hmm. Like, why wouldn't I do this? I love fishing. I'm a fly fisherman. Like, Holy crap. You know? And then it just went from there, you know? And then I started paying a lot more attention to uh, what was going on in the sort of like, uh, for lack of a better term, the art scene in the fly fishing world, you know, and looking at different artists and uh, who's this Bob white guy and (laughs) Derek DeYoung and, you know, looking at, you know, some of the the classics and, and, and people that were doing it in, in a contemporary setting. And it just went from there. But up until that point, it was totally off my radar. You know, I was a fly fisherman for sure. Okay. Hardcore fly fisherman, but just the art was like a separate thing. You know, it, they, the two things did not intersect at all. So would you say you, you're an, are you enjoying the art more now that you've kind of mixed the two passions together? Absolutely. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, I think that when you find a purpose as an artist, when you find a fit, and then you find an audience that really responds well mm-hmm. to it, you know, it just, then it just kind of starts to come together. Okay. Then you actually can start, you know, digging into the, the specifics, right? I felt like I found my voice. I felt like I knew who I was, you know, it, it solidified my identity. It had all kinds of like repercussions that were all very positive. So, yeah. And then I, I do have to ask, so they're are they necromancers. Yes. Where does that stem from? <laughs> so, um, well, so like my background, you know, the artwork that I was making prior to being fly fishing was all like, it was definitely like, uh, for lack of a better term, it would be appropriate for like a heavy, heavy metal, like album, you know? Okay. So my influences stem definitely from like fantasy art, dungeons and dragons, heavy metal from back in the eighties and nineties. Okay. Um, so that's always had a, uh, an element in all the artwork that I've always made. So I first started out with just fish. And then eventually I was like, man, I got to have some like gnarly <laughs> demon skull dude holding this fish. Like, you know, cause it just like, <laughs> it just kind of like, I got to bring this back into the work. And it was hilarious. Cause I remember the first time I did it, my dad was like, ah, I was just waiting for you to put a skull in one of these pieces. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, you got me. And And then of course, when I did that, you know, I had such a, uh, it felt so right for me. I was like, this is who I am. Yeah. This is the work I want to make. And, and then the audience responded like, holy shit, I haven't seen something like this before, but right. like, I totally get it. And that's when I was like, this is it. This is what I'm doing. Yeah. You definitely have a style that is yours. 
yeah. mean, nobody, nobody does anything remotely close to, yeah. to what you do. And that's, I, and I, I'm conscious of that. And I try to maintain that, you know, try mm-hmm. to like, I don't want to make work that looks like everybody else. I don't right. want to, I don't want to make work that could be made by somebody else. You know, uh, I want to make sure that it's unique. And, and I think I'm kind of, even to that point, I'm getting, I'm getting to a stage where I think I even need to push it to the next level. You know, I think once I finish this body of work, like I have this, like kittens and like baby, <laughs> baby lambs, something, and stuff. Yeah, like, something like kitten skulls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But like it, it occurred to me that I was sitting in bed and I was like, I'm really stoked about this body of work I'm working on right now. And we're going to do these shows and I'm going to get it out there. But then I think that's a good springboard to like, take it a, a step further. Mm. I don't know yet if that's subject matter I don't know if it's the, it's the, it's the formal components, you know, or what that means, but I feel like there's a transition an evolution of some sort, you know, on the horizon in the next year or two. Well, I think that's what I really admire about your work too is, and, and talking with you about it, it's like, you're never done learning. You're never done right growing and trying new things out and, and exploring different ideas and like infinite curiosity. I think that actually is, it serves you well as an artist and a, and, and as, a fisherman. A, as a fisherman, absolutely. Yeah. Cause it's yeah. like, you gotta be curious, like, Oh, what kind of weird fish is in there? Right. Let's go totally. check it out. Like, yeah. I can, yeah. Can we go catch fish at, you know, a place that was previously exposed on this podcast? You know, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but what about that weird, weird body water? What exactly. That, exactly. Well, yeah. It's cool. And Ted, how about for you? When, uh, you know, has it probably not, obviously not always been fish, but you know, what was that point for you where it kind of crossed paths and when you started bringing uh, the two passions together? Well, I have a, I mean, my background is I'm of all of us, I'm probably the most traditional as far as like my, my style. Um, yeah. When I talk about it, I'm like, Hey, what, you know, kind of art do you do? I'm like, it's really easy to, ex- to explain the art of the, the other guys. I'm like, Oh, right. Uh, Charlie's like, imagine like, you know, uh, classical American tattoo, Japanese style uh, tattoo meets fly fishing. That's Charlie. Uh, um, you know, Jake, heavy metal meets fly fishing. There you go. Um, and then uh, Josh is like uh, sort of a, a cubism and uh, and graffiti art meets fly right. fishing. Mm-hmm. And there you got Josh. And then me, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm because I, I also do like kind of more traditional, uh, almost like impressionist style landscape painting. So I have okay. that kind of background. Uh, I've done a lot of um, and I, I really enjoy that. And I'm actually getting kind of back into that now, which I really enjoy is uh, landscape painting. And yeah, you had that one cabin one from, I think you were. Oh, yeah, it's from the residency. residency. Yeah. yeah from that the, was killer. Yeah, I, I love in, that in one. In the Bob. Yeah. So I uh, really enjoy uh, kind of getting back in touch with that. And I, I went through a, a period where I was really super abstract, like pure abstract expressionism, um, slinging paint, the whole works, like being weird, like, you know, college, whatever you so now you're throwing a lot of big <laughs> words out there. Like, are you Art that formally, people say, formally trained? Artists uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I, my, my, well, in college I studied theater and, and then studio arts, but, um, that was when I was doing a lot of weird, you know, a bunch of weird shit. I'm mean, not good, weird shit. Bad self-indulgent college kid. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, let's be clear here. It wasn't like, oh, wow, he's like really pushing boundaries. It's like, no, it was just really bad. <laughs> uh, but I had to kind of go through that because then when I reapproached my painting style with these landscapes, uh, instead of being like uh, focused on getting it right, I could be like, oh, who cares? I'm just going to sling some paint around. And that sort of loose approach, like when I paint a landscape, it might look you know, de- even detailed 
and I might look sort of even serene sometimes and pastoral, but when I paint, I'm like sort of furious. And I found like, Oh, mm. I can sling paint in that same sort of like energetic furious, furious sort of way that I was approaching abstract, my really abstract stuff, but I can do that with stuff that really speaks to me on an emotional level that I'm, you know, cause when you, when you're out there in nature and you're experiencing it, you might be really quiet. You know, you might be right. in that really quiet moment casting on a stream, but your internal life, you know, you're just lit up. Yeah. You're excited. Yeah. So I try to capture that in some of my landscape painting. Um, so I was doing that and I was, um, and then I was doing a bunch of other, like, you know, I guess kind of a little bit weird, a little bit uh, surreal, I guess I would call it like a landscape painting, but then having surrealistic elements to it. Um, yeah. Just, exploring doing my thing and then i caught this monster brook trout uh just monster at a at a metro lake actually it was one of the ones that was at the the you know the state fair the dnr yeah yeah, mm-hmm. yeah they dump those fish into certain lakes in, in, around the metro and you can oh, go serious? catch them <laughs> <laughs> so you got do you have to like know a guy to know where these things are gonna is, end up i'm at? not gonna say it here but it is no secret let me put it this way when the season opens and it opens next uh month in january the lake is uh, covered with ice houses so thick that you literally have to get a tape measure to make sure you're not too close to the next guy <laughs> oh i like, think it, I, it, I think it, i know yeah, yeah. it's crazy I've, yeah um but, uh, I went there in the summertime or fall and it was, uh, apparently they stocked the, the, uh, the trout species that narrows it down to a pretty, if you're paying attention to the, I said, Metro, mm-hmm. do your research. You can figure out one of the few lakes that this would be anyways, caught this monster brook trout, just monster. Um, and I was like, man. I would love to get a, you know, like a replica or that, or I would like to, you know, I'd love to have a, a way to remember this thing. And, uh, my buddy, uh, Alan, uh, Alan Matson, he was like, well, why don't you just paint one? And it was seriously just like what you said, Jake it was just like, holy shit. Yeah. That's what I need to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> why haven't I been painting fish this whole time? I painted it. It was terrible. It was, it was unlike yours. It was bad. It was like, <laughs> I, have, I, I think I even still have it just as a reminder of how far I've come. It was yeah. it's just bad. The proportions are wrong. It's ugly. It's just, it's not a good painting objectively. Everything like <laughs> if one of my students gave me that, I'd be like, ah, oh, man, that's yeah, really cool. I'm re- I can tell you really like fish. And that'd be code for like, ah, oh, boy, man, you something, mister. It was a bad painting, but it put me on a trajectory. It put me on a path um, to really then be like, okay, that one wasn't so good, but how can I make it better? And that's where I got into like the, the portrait style. Yeah. Cause it, and that my, my fish portraits actually started out as a form of taxidermy for me. Oh, right. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. So it was like, Oh, I, I, you know, and then I, you know, a few people asked me about it and then I started doing like fish portraits for people and trying to get it really accurate. I kind of moved away from that now because it doesn't bring me as much joy. Like I'd rather catch, capture the essence of a fish um, mm. rather than the exact mm. markings of a fish, just kind of get the essence of it. And I, I still get uh, a number of commissions that way, you know, doing the sort of fish taxidermy, but as a painting. And I really enjoy those. I really enjoy uh, doing them. Um, I really enjoy the interaction with the, the clients, you know, yeah. and those things. Yeah. And, but that's, you know, that's like one avenue of the art. And then the other avenue of the art, um, this is going to, you're going to have to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole here on me, this, but the other one is the gold leaf pieces, like the gold leaf flowers oh, yeah. that actually started out with, uh, I was in the Peace Corps in Bulgaria and I saw a bunch of, uh, Bulgarian Orthodox, uh, artworks and a bunch of, uh, like I went to the monastery, uh, the Rila monastery, and I, I kind of had this experience seeing these gold leaf pieces. And one of the ideas is if you have a relic, especially if you're um, it, it like 
there's a lot of, uh, with the Ottoman Empire taking over uh, the Balkans, a lot of uh, their uh, religion and culture had to go underground. So you didn't necessarily have your relic just out in the open. You had it in a case that could be folded up like in a triptych and that oh, would okay. have gold leaf. And, and it was like this idea of this portable sacred object hmm. that you carry with you. And so I started doing these gold leaf things because uh, I do really long distance backpacking. So my wife and I did a, a 300 mile hike uh, around the Beaverhead County in Montana. And so I did that hike. And uh, when you're ultralight hiking, every object you carry is like a sacred object. It's so important. Like you need that object. You have to, you know, like your knife, you have one knife. If you lose that life knife, you're, you're screwed. So uh, I started doing these, uh, this idea of the relic, uh, the sacred object that you carry with, with you. Yep. And I did a series based on um, backpacking gear with a gold leaf background. And then that transitioned over into flies. Because when you're out there on the river and you're fly fishing, sort of the sacred essential object is the mm. fly. You know, that yeah. this thing that you're carrying with you that is sort of the, you can have all the great gear in the world, but if you don't have the right fly, you're probably going to be screwed. Yeah. So you just need a bigger pack. I, you, you, know. you, you can carry a lot of flies. <laughs> but it's anyway, that, that led to this gold leaf thing. So I think the, the gold leaf, I'm, I've, I've got a, I haven't done that in a little while, but I'm really excited to kind of re-explore this idea of, and this is where the gold comes into my art. If you if you see a lot of my art, you'll see that over the years I've keep exploring this gold motif. And that comes yeah. from this, uh, my experience in Bulgaria and the Peace Corps. And it kind of, that's the philosophy, I guess. That's a long-winded answer, but that's the philosophy behind it. And what I'm excited for now is I have no idea what I'm going to do next. Huh? No idea. Uh, I have ideas, like I have some sketches, I, but as far as like what this is going to turn into, this is why I'm excited about the show we're doing, Jake. Yeah, right. Is like, I, I'm not sure what's going to come out of it. So yeah. stay tuned, folks. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. it's good that it keeps it, you know, constantly moving or constantly changing. Because as you know, we were talking about earlier, sticking around, like being a walleye fisherman which I do apologize to all the walleye fishermen out there. I don't, think, stuck, I don't think I do listening. like, we probably don't have many, time time. <laughs> we yeah. probably don't have many, but uh, you get, you know, you get stuck in a rut. You don't want to do that. Um, but it's good that you guys are always pushing boundaries with your art and constantly yeah. changing and, and going out there and seeing what the newest best thing for you guys is. I right. Th- yeah. And I think that uh, when, when Ted kind of had the vision to bring us all together and um, you know, actively like do something with it, not just be, Hey, let's hang out or let's talk about art, which is great, you mm-hmm. know, but it's prob- we do that. Yeah, we do that. <laughs> but, you know, um, to actually, you know, like kind of put pen to paper, so to speak, and and commit to something and, and, and make a commitment to show the work. And all of a sudden, like it all holds us accountable to it, you know, to say, hey, you're making rad art. Keep doing it. And you're making rad art. But like, let's keep pushing each other. Let's keep learning from each other. So. I mean, it's, it's funny because we, we talk about this a lot where like Ted kind of gave a really good breakdown of the, of our four different styles. It's perfect because I don't feel like we're ever kind of like stepping into each other's territory other than we do fish. Right. Yeah, and right. we're all fly fishermen, but it's funny. Cause like, we'll talk a little bit about art and then it's usually our conversations are all about fishing. Yeah. It's like, Oh, where are you fishing right now? What yeah. are you, you know, like, yeah. And so it's sort of like, but then we feed off each other. I see stuff that Ted is doing and I'm like, holy shit. Like I remember that piece you did of the steelhead at the expo last year. No, the big was, orange. Yeah, yeah. Where it's turning, you know? And I was just like, to me, that was just like watching you execute that over like the course of days. It was just like, really was like, Oh man, I really need to step my game up. Like <laughs> Ted is kicking my ass. Like, this, like I just I work got, really, really fast. Well, it's just, you know, you, you see that and you're like, 
you're inspired. Yeah. It's, it's always good to have um, friends or colleagues absolutely. that are just a little bit better than you. Yes, sometimes. exactly. But, but you need a couple that aren't crazy good. But but it's always good to have some that are, are not, maybe maybe better is not the word. Maybe I was going to say, like, Jay, Jay, <laughs> I feel like with Jake, I'm like, he's a lot better. But he's weird because it's <laughs> a lot better at some things. Yeah. Totally better. Exactly. Like, no question better. Um, so it's like that's the fun part about working with people at different styles. Each one, each person is a little bit better at one thing than the other people. But but that pushes you, like you said, to up your game. Yep, exactly. And like man, when I look at Ted, I look at like, he's definitely done. He's practiced. He's done the work. When I watch when he's making the marks and his marks are the right mark at the first time or the second time, his corrective marks are really subtle. Mm-hmm. I'm like, fuck. He's been paying attention. Like that would take me what he did in like, you know, 30 seconds would take me three minutes to work out, to get to the correct spot. Like we both know where it should be. It's just, he's clearly put in the time. He's clearly, he's, he has trained. And that, that was like, fuck. I need to like, you know, that was like, I was like, I need to go back and do some figure, figure drawing classes. Yeah. I then- need, I need to study the forms a bit better and do more sketching because you see that. And it's just like anything, like, especially like a, Fly tying can be the same or casting. You have to practice. You right. have to do. Mm-hmm. The oh work. yeah, there's yeah. no, there's absolutely no yep. substitute for it. You can't just watch a YouTube video. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, it's a good place to start. It works yeah, sometimes. Right? Well, I and I and sort of the, to throw the well, thank you, Jake. But also, I'd like to throw it back. I look at Jake's work and I'm like, ah, oh, man, you know, I I have practiced, but am I doing anything original with it? Mm. And so like your work is always like, you, you, you've got your own voice. Your stuff is like, you see yours and it's, it's your stuff. Right. And right. I, I don't know if I can always say the same about my own. So that's like, it pushes me to be like, okay, am I really, am I resting on my, sort of resting on my laurels, like resting on the practice? Cause you get that, right, you get to a certain right. point, like while you're talking about walleye fishing, you get your, your research done, you get practicing, you know what you're doing yep. and you can be, you know, you can be successful, but are you pushing the boundaries at all? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel I'm going to make a bold statement right now. I feel like when, when gear dudes feel like walleye fishing starts to get boring, they become musky fishermen. <laughs> <laughs> and then all they talk about is like, oh, I got this boat. I fish, you know, 50 million hours a year. And I got 50 follow. You know, it's like, yeah, dude, but it's all still a formula. Like, yep, it's not, exactly. you know, like you can be a one trick pony. And yep. you do this one thing. And some of them come over and they start fly fishing. They're like, oh, it's a whole new world. And then exactly. we welcome them in with open arms. Totally. It's, and it's like, I'm totally into that. Like I, I am a, I'm a guy who believes in like, uh, you know, limited pursuits, right? Like, and be really good at what you do. Don't spread yourself thin. But Damn it, that's what I'm doing wrong. <laughs> but, when, <laughs> but when you start doing it and you've got it dialed in and it just kind of becomes mechanical, then you have to, you know, if you're really trying to push yourself, you have to feel what's the next thing, mm-hmm. you know, and it, and it is, you do see this in, 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 in musky fishing, like people switch to the fly, like you can catch these things on fly. I'm like, yeah, you yep. can. Mm-hmm. And it's that's awesome. the, that's the next step, right? Now, some people bypass the gear stage and, and whatnot, but um, yeah, I, it, it's a, it's amazing being in a community where you can, learn and be challenged by your peers. But at the end of the day, you don't really have a lot of skin in the game. You know what I mean? Like you're not like, maybe it's your ego, mm-hmm. you know, maybe it's your personality, it's right, your right. friendships and stuff. So I guess you have skin in the game, but like 
to work with these guys and to watch what they're doing as artists and to be challenged. I feel like I only benefit from that. Yeah, absolutely. I only benefit from it. And even when I feel like I'm slacking or like, you know, they're, they're doing stuff. I'm like, that's great. If I feel like I'm, you know, not pulling my weight. Yeah. Cause then I, you know, that challenges me, challenges me to do better. That's awesome. And I, yeah. you, you know, think? being where we are right now, it's, you know, Bob Mitchell's open tie night. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and I think a big part of it too, is you're sitting around with a bunch of like-minded individuals tying flies and you're seeing what other guys are tying. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, man, look at what he's doing. Yeah. You know, maybe I'm going to try that out or, or I want to push, you know, push this flyer a little different, or you're going to go watch a guy and watch, you know, how he's using different materials and you're constantly mm-hmm. pushing. And Matt, that's what I was going to say earlier. I'm sure you see a lot of that in your fly tying too, is that, you know, you're tying flies and you're seeing when they were talking about some of you might feel might be better or, you know, maybe better is not the right word, but you're constantly pushing, mm-hmm. pushing the envelope, trying to, trying to get better at your skill or, Maybe just trying to tie a fly that you've never tied before or for a fish that you've never fished before. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy to get, um, and I'm sure art's the same way, but it's easy to get stuck in a rut where it's like, I know I can, you know, crank out this style nymph Mm -hmm. and put it on the the Instagram and everybody's going to say, oh, so good. But, you know, you can do that day after day after day, but sometimes you need to, like Grant just said, try something new. And, you know, sometimes you get lazy and yeah, you just crank out a bug and mm-hmm. throw it up there. But, but yeah, you're always, you're always working on stuff um, in the background. <coughs> Matt's uh, currently coughing up a lung We're here. Good. I think he had too big of a sip of his Gatorade. Yep. Uh, took a quick break. Uh, welcome. Welcome back. If you're still tuning in, I hope you are. But we were just chatting about uh, quick trip food. Quick trip, fly fishing trip, quick trip food. food. <laughs> yeah, gas station food in general. No, no, it's got to be quick trip. Oh, all right. Wow. Yeah, I, preferably quick trip. Yeah. Um, well, if you're if you're south of of ninety, Interstate ninety in Minnesota, or anywhere in Wisconsin, a quick trip is not too far away no at any not at all. given time but it's, google will find it for you it's our preferred fishing food Quick trip. what yep. is the what is the idea what uh what's on that menu that uh primarily chili cheese dogs oh right Ooh, that, chili cheese dogs their roller dogs are always solid um yeah. i think we did find ourselves into some slushies this yeah. past summer when it was warm out nice like i had a slushy for 20 years. I was like, this yeah. is amazing. It was the best sugar high I've had in a really long time. Yeah. We're talking a thousand miles a minute, just driving down the highway. Like what's going on? Where are we? What's happening? Give me another chili cheese dog. Yeah. They're good. Um, Grant, like you like the nachos. The nachos are very good. Yeah, um, they have all the condiments you could ever want. Do, they, want to do they also sell Tums? Oh yeah. Well, okay. yeah, so we probably imagine, Matt, Matt, Matt and I, Matt and I also don't travel without Tums. Oh, there's um, always Tums. Uh, like when we go to Montana, there's a specific budget set for Tums for, for, for truck Tums and then Tums, fishing Tums, fishing Tums that have to be in jackets at all time. Because, you know, as much as we try to not eat like we're 12, it just kind of happens. At, at some point, 
when we fish together, somebody is going to feel like they're going to die. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just how it is. We both over, have over stomach. something they ate. Or, or yeah, yeah. Just general bad stomach. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. I think there's also the thing of like, you get so hungry because if, especially if the fish are biting mm-hmm. or if you're like, you know, you're just yeah. like, oh, or you get a little too hopeful, like ah, the next cast, that'll be it. And then, you know, four hours later and you haven't eaten. Yeah. yeah. And you see that yeah. good trip or whatever it might be. And you're like, chili cheese dog. Normally, no, but yes, absolutely. I will now, I'll three take three. Yes. <laughs> yeah. That is so true. There there are a few things in my life that I will um, partake in without like having a meal, you know, or having a snack, like being or a bit conscious of like the food that I've ingested and having energy, right? Right, right. Like I'm usually really, really keyed in on that because like when I lose energy and I'm hungry, it goes from like 100 to zero, like super quickly. Yeah. Fly fishing is one of those things where I will just not eat for like long periods of time. Oh yeah. And I will tolerate and I won't even think about it. I'll just yeah. be like, no dude, like I am not leaving this river. I think you're more, there's of, no you, way I'm leaving this river for food. You might be in a more obsessive fisherman even than me, which I've don't know if I've ever seen that before. Mm. Uh, when we were out last summer yeah, uh, and, and there was, we were just like, where, where'd Jake go? Like, I don't know. You were like a quarter mile, half a mile down yeah. the stream. Like, ah, they, they, down there, they'll be down there. Like, my buddies that, that I, I started fly fishing with, they're still good buddies of I. They call me General, General Sherman. Just the way I'm charging. I'm, like, I'm charged through the water. Like, he's like, dude, what the fuck? I'm like, I'm going to go catch the fish. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I don't know. I'm just kind of enjoying the moment. Like, what the fuck is that? Yep. Yep. You got to go. I've learned to chill, you know, when I fish. <laughs> just keep casting. You got to get When I there. fish, when I'm fly fishing, man, it just, everything disappears. Everything just disappears. And all I'm thinking about is like what I'm doing in that moment. You know, mm-hmm. What am I, the fly, the presentation, the, the conditions, like trying to figure it out, like trying yep. to put that puzzle together. So when you're creating, <clears throat> excuse me. So when you're creating these pieces of art, are you, are you thinking about like, man, when am I going to actually get out and actually go fishing? Oh, dude. like I would have I'm a hard time with it. Like fishing. I'm, you know, I'm sitting always, there drawing these fish or yep. painting these fish or whatever. And yeah, it, like it, man, would I rather be fishing right now? Oh, always. or are you, yeah, or always. are you thinking always. of? If, a fish I, fish if I fished as much as I wanted to, I would never make art again. Yep, uh, same boat, same boat. Like if I had a choice between making art and fishing, it would be fishing every single time, every single time. And Matt, your question though. Are you, when you're, when you're making these paintings or pieces of art, are you thinking of a specific fish that you had tangled with previously? Like, are you painting from a memory? Uh, Not necessarily that fish or that dead guy holding the fish, but uh, like, I don't know. Yeah. A memory. That's the thing is like when I go fishing and uh, so I went up to Mississippi caught a bunch of smallmouth and all of a sudden all I want to do is like draw smallmouth. And I went back into my studio and it was like, shit, I don't have a smallmouth piece at all. You know? So they definitely feed off of each other, mm-hmm. you know? So if, if I'm thinking about like in the fall, all I'm thinking about is steelhead. I'm thinking about the brule. That's all I'm thinking about, you know? And so all I want to draw is steelhead. Like that's all I want to draw. You know, if you were like, Hey, make a muskie, I'd be like, I'm not thinking about fucking muskies right now. I'm not inspired by that, you know? Right. Like it doesn't get me jazzed up. And so the two definitely feed yeah. off of each other. Absolutely. And I don't know, Ted, you I would totally hundred percent uh, agree. Uh, yeah. Same exact thing. Um, yeah. And I guess it, it is sort of like painting on a memory, like um, whether it's my, my fish or like the landscapes or uh, the illustrative stuff that I'm doing, 
it's always like I'm thinking about a memory and maybe it's one memory. Sometimes it is like, I'm thinking about this fish, this memory. That's what I'm painting. I'm trying to capture that moment. Um, Cause I remember what the light was like, especially with the landscape paintings. I, re- I remember what the light is like, or maybe I did a plein air painting. And I'll have something to look at. But um, other times it's like exactly what you're saying, like steelhead season for me. I, I really, uh, I have fished the brule only in the spring actually. Mm. Um, and, but North shore spring steelhead is, I, I don't know. I'm, a glutton for punishment apparently yeah. but uh I, I get so like into that and then all i'm painting is steelhead and then in the summertime like the summer it's like i'm gonna do like uh quillback i got really fascinated with quillback yeah. so it's whatever i'm fishing for that's what i want to make mm-hmm. art about but on the flip side when i'm out there fishing a lot of times i'll look up and be like oh look at those clouds i need to remember those clouds i need to remember that moment because i need to bring that back into the studio and, yeah. and figure out how to capture that moment or i'll like I look at the quality of the light right now, man. If I only could, like capture that quality, of the, qu- but you know, there's fish, so I can't stop. Yeah, I, gotta keep- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I find that to be. Uh, uh, I was the last time I was out fishing on the Mississippi. I was just really trying to take in uh, you know, the atmosphere of the place and and, and the look and the feel and the, the, the light and and just and as the as the you know sun was going down. And I had this long hike back to the, to the car. I was really trying to appreciate, you know, the sunset and just like, God, this is so cool to be out here right now. This is like only, the only people out here right now are like me and like three or four other weirdos. Right. You know, <laughs> that, that think it's a good idea to be fishing right now, but I'm like, man, pause and, and, and take, take hold of that, you know, and it's not about the fish. Right. And so I've thought a lot about more, Ted, back to, you know, what you're talking about when I'm fishing, trying to appreciate the non-fishing aspects of being out, mm-hmm. right? uh, whether it's the environment, it's the light, it's the atmosphere, it's the people, it's the conversations, like slow down a little bit and be a little less like I'm here to fucking catch the fish. And like, I'm like this, you know, Terminator, I'm on a mission. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy the moment. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, and I do think that in the art, it starts to come out. Because for me, that's where, you know, I'm looking more for a feeling more so than I'm looking for a particular image, you know, or like a, a, a reproduction of something that existed, you know, so like fish, you know. And so I think that's like when I was talking about my like next stage, I think it's more about the feeling. Yeah. You know, than it is about like, because you get, you know, you go through these graduations as a fisherman, uh, you know, you'll. I want to catch as many fish as I can. Now I want to catch the biggest fish. Now I want to catch the biggest fish or any fish in a really particular way, almost all the way to like, I don't really give a shit. I just want to be out there. I just want to be out there. I just want to be able to like walk and have good knees and like still be able to wear. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, you, you go through these progressions and I think like our art is likely going to follow that arc. Yeah. It'll be really interesting to see where, you know, and I think of Bob White, take, take Bob White, you know, a lot of his, a lot of his paintings are really about the moment. It's about the light. It's about the, it's about like this particular scene, you know, and it, there doesn't have to be a fish in the scene. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be like an action shot. Right. Right. It's really trying to capture that, 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 that feeling, yeah. you know, and I, and it's so much more thoughtful, yep. you know, and I'm like, I get where he's at. And you know, I, I'm not I, quite there yet you yeah, know, yeah. as an artist where I can like make that transition. But like, I hoped 
Someday I want to be like Bob White. Oh, don't we all? <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Right? We I should be every, everybody's I want to be like Bob White right now. I mean, yeah. he seems like a pretty charmed life. <laughs> yeah. I, I read a, a really interesting thing. Uh, I don't can't remember if, if somebody, he wrote or somebody wrote about his work that it, he is, um, he can appreciate the in-between and the work because he, of his background as a guide and doing the work. And, you know, so like some of his paintings aren't necessarily bent rod like sitting there and the, you know he has those you right. know, he'll do that but he'll also have like somebody pulling the boat uh pulling the the duck boat with the decoys yeah getting ready to right. set the decoys out you yeah know, he'll have a painting like that yeah or he'll have a painting of you know like some just those in-between moments the the things that make you know that sometimes stick out to us in our memories when we're out there yeah hunting or fishing it's like oh that light was like that it's you know and exactly it's not like yeah. oh look at this giant fish it's like, oh, I was walking to the stream and I noticed whatever it was. Appreciate, appreciate the moments that aren't the grip and grin. Yeah, and exactly. I, I think the people that do whatever it is a lot appreciate those types of images more than, Absolutely. The, you know, rod bent. Yep. You know. Yep. I mean, that's still cool, though. I mean, it is still cool. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like a, Absolutely. A, a super bent rod and a, like a monster fish. And I think to like your very casual fisherman, you know, somebody or hunter, you know, somebody pulling the, the decoy boat is just going to be like, eh. you know, they want to see the, the birds flying overhead with the yeah. shotguns out, yeah. Yeah. you know, but the person who is, who is duck hunted, you know, their whole entire life can really appreciate pulling the, the boat out because, you know, that's, that's when the light's going to be good because you're setting decoys up. As the yeah. Coming out, oh my you know? God. Yep. Yeah. I mean, when I think of like, I used to duck hunt like obsessively before I got into fly fishing and most of my memories are like set up. Yeah. Yeah. That's most of my memories is, is about like getting there at like three in the morning, breaking ice, you know, breaking it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and being like setting these decoys out and then thinking like, fuck, this is going to suck when we have to pick these up. <laughs> it's really easy putting these out, but it's really going to suck when we have to go back out there and, and it's windy, you know, it's like, yeah. come up, like I want the wind, but yeah. like. Yeah, God, we're out there in the canoe and we got to like get around and get all those things. <laughs> yeah. like, this is going to suck. I remember it's, be cold, it's cold at that point. It's, it's cold, cold and wet. Well, I think about like I, I bow hunt for elk and there's nothing more anticipatory than that. Yeah. Like, you might not see shit. You, you're, you took a week off of work. You drive to Montana. You set up camp. You're in the back country. You're at eight. You're oxygen deprived and you're up there and you might not see an elk the whole week. Yeah. So if you're all about like you know, the glory shot of holding a big old bull. Like, look what I got. Like, yeah, that's not the reality of the hunt. If you're, right. that's what you're going for, right. you're going to be really disappointed. The The reality is, is those, all of the work, all of the, I mean, all those memories that I have, like hunting with my dad, hunting with friends, you know, if I only had memories and that stuck out to me that were really like salient of like, when I got the big bull, I would have zero memories because I've never shot an elk with a bow. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Right. Ever. I've never yeah. gotten, I've not even shot a cow. Yeah. So like those kind of moments where you're like, it's the pursuit that's really, yeah. that's, that's where the magic is, is in the pursuit. And I think even if you're an accomplished angler and you've caught a bunch of fish, the pursuit of the, the fish, and maybe that's why I keep fishing for species that I don't know, or I want to fish new waters Absolutely. or uh, like, if I know I can do something well with art, I'm like, I want to do something different. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. oh, what what's just around the bend or. It's just around the bend. I it know. is like, 
That is and there's a what's, around, what's, a, what's there's around a, that next bend? There's a, yeah. there's, be a, there's, there's gotta, gotta be, be a Disney there. song in there somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> a really terribly, terribly made Disney. They'll, they'll just put it on that. Disney Plus yeah. <laughs> for fly fishermen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean it's it's like I used to go uh fish the bighorn every April. And I would go with a group of guys and they were a little bit older, so they wouldn't want to go out for like the evening midge hatch or they'd you know they'd go back early and i'd always stay out there till i absolutely couldn't see anymore and i might you know the 10 15 years that i went i might remember a handful of fish that i caught but what i remember the most is those walks back by myself Mm. in the dark along the river i don't need to i don't need to know where i'm going because i've walked this path a million times you know i i can walk it I don't yeah. need a, I don't need a light. Yeah. And you know, I know that in this giant cottonwood tree, there's going to be an owl. And if I stand underneath that tree for a couple of minutes, he's going to hoot at me and he <laughs> might fly off, but he'll probably just sit there and hoot a little bit more. And I'm probably going to kick up a pheasant and it's going to scare the crap out of me. <laughs> you know? And, and yeah, I mean, that's what I remember the most yeah. is, you know, yeah. and, and the sun, you, you just have those last, you know, five minutes of, of light. Yeah. You know, as the sun's going down and the sun's way down, but you just had that little sliver of orange and pink. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just kinda on like, the horizon. Just like the fingers of the sun. Yep. Yeah. They're yep. still and, just kind of like. Yeah. And that's yeah. like, like with my, I, I love the way you put that so eloquently. Cause that's exactly like when I paint the, the landscape, any landscape painting I've ever done, it's connected to fishing, mm-hmm. even though it might mm-hmm. not be a picture of me fishing or a fisher person in it. Like those kind of moments, that's, and I've painted a ton of cottonwoods. Yeah. Like I uh, grew up in Montana back on the farm. Like I'd go down and fish by myself and all the old cottonwoods and stuff like that, which I wish they wouldn't cut down all the cottonwoods. I wish there was more cottonwood forests out west, but it's another story. But yeah, you get out there and you get those moments when you're out by yourself. And and I think that's what, uh, this is going to sound cheesy, but there's like a big softy side of so many anglers that I meet. Yeah, and, you know oh, that's yeah. A, you know like that's like the the willingness to and and maybe it's something about fly fishing. I feel like with the with fly anglers, people who really get it. You can talk to them about like really profoundly uh, personal aesthetic experiences where they're moving and they're emotional, and you know you're really connected to these things. And it's not like weird. It's not like what what the fuck are you talking about? Man? Like, <laughs> talking about flowers and birds and you know like yeah. how, how your feelings. And it's like with, I, there's something about the fly angling. Like, That's a really, really good point. Where you, you yeah. can yeah. bring up your sensitive yeah. side and people are like, yeah, hey, fucking A, yeah. Right <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. Cheer, I'll cheers to that. Yeah. 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 Well, now that I brought up feelings, let's just put a really <laughs> yeah. pause. Put a quick, quick pause on it. <laughs> right. Well, no, I mean, no, it makes a perfect sense. And, and Matt and I have pretty much pounded this uh, idea into the ground every time we do this podcast, but it's, you know, and when him and I fished together and started talking about doing this podcast, it was because we were sitting on bridges at three o'clock in the morning, mm. not really talking about the fish we caught, but we're just sitting there and you're just kind of looking at the sky and raccoons are scaring the shit out of you. Or you're talking about the Sasquatch <laughs> that you might've saw a couple hours earlier <laughs> yeah. or, or the beavers and ducks and everything scaring you while they're in the river. And it's usolutely less about the fish and more about the you know, the moment that you're in and the scenery that you oh, just experienced absolutely. or you're experiencing yep. right at that time. Yeah. And, and, and then you, you know, all the fishing excursion excursions, you know, the, with the exceptions of like going out by myself, which I, you know, I tend to like to fish by myself just cause like, it's just how I prefer to do it. But 
I mean, I think I've got, let's see, one, two, three, maybe four trips already booked for 2020 with my, with my buddies, you yep. know? And it's like, cause it's, and it, yeah, the fishing's great, but mm-hmm. it's more about just spending time with them. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's an excuse to like get together, catch up on how our, how we're doing, how our families are doing, you know, actually connect with human beings and have a shared experience together. Yeah. Um, and it's just an amazing thing that fly fishing offers that it, it just gives so much, gives so much back yep. to the individual if you're open to it. And, uh, um, yeah, Isn't I don't it, know what that has to do with art, but I, well, it, but it, it has, you know, everything, but, has everything to do with art. Yeah, exactly. Because like we make art because of a, an emotional connection to right. experience our lived lives, our lived experiences. And for us, the a really powerful lived experience is those memories of mm-hmm. uh, hunting and fishing and angling and all of those things. So, of course, that's going to be like just rich fodder for whatever yeah. we create. Yeah, it feels, uh, you know, it's it's interesting because I think there's, a you know, I think of other, if you have to couch fly fishing into a, a category for conversation, maybe you think of it, you know, people will call it a hobby. Maybe some people will call it an outdoor activity, a sport, Mm -hmm. like it's a pursuit of some kind, right? There's not a lot of things like that where art intersects in such a, you know, natural way, Mm. you know, but fly fishing for sure. Art's always been there, whether it's in the fly tying or it's in the, you know, it's in painting and drawing, poetry and writing, poetry and writing. It's always been a huge component of it. I'm just intrinsically tied in and philosophy, you know, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, from the very basics in, in fly fishing, it's art. I mean, anybody can grab, you know, a spin rod and reel and just huck a big lure. Totally. But, you know, it takes a little bit, you know, dedication and commitment to learn how to cast well. Absolutely. And then, you know, put the time in learning the bugs and where the fish, you know, live. And I think art and fly fishing just naturally go together. I, totally. I think yeah. they, they are, yeah. they are one and the same. Well, I think Absolutely. fly tying, you know, fly fishing, um, I'm going to say athletics or, or anything, you know, you're going to stretch it out. But I think all of them, one of the things they have in common is also you have to suck. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You got to yeah. suck for a while. Yeah. yeah. You know, like you're yeah. not going to go into a fly shop, pick up a rod and reel, a couple flies, go out with your guide over the weekend and then suddenly be a great angler. Is that a great way to get started? Absolutely. Yes. Yeah, support your local fly shop, support your local guides, but to get really good, you gotta, you gotta put the work in, you gotta do. Mm-hmm. And this is like that, that when the trout unlimited did that, uh, when Ben did that article, that's what I talked about. Yeah. Like you just got, you gotta put in your time. You gotta do your work. Yep. Which is why being away from the studio and be away from fishing for the last four months is like killing me. Cause right. I'm like, Oh my God, am <laughs> yeah. I losing everything? But I think, I think that's what makes it. Um, I think that's what makes it great too. is the fact that you do have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, it doesn't come easy and uh, you got to suck for a little bit. And what makes it exciting is as soon as you get, it's, there's some things where you, once you get good at them, um, you're, you're good at them. And other things, once you get good at them, you realize, Oh man, I am totally an amateur. I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. Cause there's so many other levels. Yeah. Totally. I think, yep. I think art, yep. um, literature, writing, poetry, fly tying, fishing, these things, a, a common thing they have is that they always have an next, a next level that you can push it to. Yep. Exactly. There's always somewhere else you can take it. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's huge. Mm-hmm. 
all boys. I think they uh, shut the heat off in here. Yeah, cool. <laughs> you hear the rustling? That's me putting my coat yeah, on. Yeah, Dad's putting his jacket on. Um, I'd like to thank you guys for sitting down with us. Yeah, thank yeah you. thanks for having us. Um, and I just want to go around the table real quick. Jake, if we want to find you on Instagram or take a look at your art, where are we going to go? Yeah, Instagram is probably the best place to do it. Uh, just Jake Keeler, J-A-K-E-K-E-E-L-E-R on Instagram. Okay. Uh, Ted, what about you? Uh, I'm actually looking at my Instagram because I can't remember. <laughs> I think it's Ted Hansen art. Yeah. Uh, so it's Ted Hansen underscore art. That's oh, how you find oh, me. I use uh, Facebook sometimes too, but uh, yeah, I, Instagram is better. Instagram is definitely the place. And from there you can find yeah. other avenues. Of and then uh, plug your sh- upcoming shows again. Oh, uh, well, the, the the one that we'd love everybody to come join us at, because we can all go fishing together, too, is the one in, in Lanesboro. Yep. And I believe that's uh, uh, June 13th is when it's going to be opening. So we'll get some stuff on our social media feeds as far as when that's yep. going to be. Yep. I also have a, I mean, uh, uh, well, here, let's look at uh, Josh. Basically, if you Google uh, Jake Keeler, you're going to find Jake Keeler. If you Google Ted Hansen, you're going to find some really funny image uh, <laughs> results. But if you go Ted Hansen art, you'll find a bunch of stuff. Uh, Charlie Forbes tattoo. Uh, he's the only Charlie Forbes tattoo. And then uh, Josh DeSmit, um, he's got a website. And so we'll be pushing out on the, all that information about yeah. our upcoming shows on there. Yeah. The, the, uh, the one that we, I think we want to have people come join us for, it would be really awesome to see some people from the fly fishing world come and join us when we all go down for the opening. Uh, yeah, Lanesboro. Lanesboro. That would yeah. Absolutely. And yeah. you guys, you know, look it up the, the Minnesota fly fishing artists. Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. And uh great water expo kind of up here mm-hmm. in March. Yeah. So yeah. At Hamlin university. You guys will, you guys full booth there. We'll there. We, we, yeah. yeah, we got a pretty good spread. We do three booths. So it's yeah. Like, yeah, we got two two with the painting, and then Charlie has a booth uh, for the tattoos. For the tattoos, the tattoos. All right. yeah, he's so. planning on doing it again. So if you, if you're out there and you're thinking about getting a fash, fish tattoo, it's a it's a great deal. I think it's like two hundred dollars or two hundred fifty. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really good deal, and and I, yeah, you want to get on the books early because I think he he books up yeah. ahead of time. Yeah. He's got it pretty much scheduled up. Yep. And speaking from personal experience of being uh, a canvas for. Charlie a few times in my life. <laughs> um, it's definitely worth your time. And uh, yeah, he's a uh, pretty good art and at that as well. But uh, yeah, thanks you guys for sitting down with us. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. And thank again, um, 3BT media, uh, you know, make sure you follow us. Uh, what like the likes and comment smash, and smash, the like smash button. that like button. Yeah. Um, you know, <laughs> we appreciate it. Uh, again, thanks again. We'll, uh, we'll talk to you guys next time. Cheers. Thanks everybody.